On today's episode of Gathering the Kings. You should listen to what the market is telling you because the market will win. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Seth Kaplan on the King stage. My brother, how are you? I'm doing great, Chaz. How about yourself? Another bearded fella across the country. I'm, I can't imagine not being us bearded fellas. Come on, it's a good day. Absolutely. Listen, I got the beard hair. I just don't have the stuff on the top of the head anymore, <laughs> but you take what you can get. You take, yeah, you let it grow where it grows. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I'm just excited for you to be here. You've got a very interesting business. And I think the listeners are going to get a lot of value out of today. Tell us what kind of businesses or the business that you're here to talk about. Absolutely. So, Win Local is a SaaS based technology platform for sales professionals and sales based businesses. And what we do is we provide tools that ensure sales professionals really at the end of the day, never miss an opportunity to engage with their clients and prospects, help them increase their follow-up efficiency by over 50%. And ultimately when it's deployed at the company level, right, helps amplify exponentially company activity. Yeah. I love that. Obviously with my sales experience, a background of building teams, and follow up. If you can, if you've created a way, Seth, to be able to follow up easier and more often and with more actions and close more deals, then the listener and I'm sure many other companies out there are going to be very thankful that they got to get introduced to you. Before we jump into the story, I want to know at this level, obviously you've been successful to a degree, revenue-wise, business-wise, you got a couple of children. Like, why are you driving even at this level? Why are you pushing so hard? That, that is a great question. The simple answer is, I don't really know any other way. I started working at a pretty young age. I get bored really quickly. I don't have a ton of hobbies. And I'm overwhelmingly fortunate to be able to wake up every day and do things that I genuinely love and am enthusiastic about, right? You know, the corny old saying, right? If you find something you love, you never work a day in your life. I've been really fortunate to be involved for the last 15 years with only projects that I've really felt passionate about and have loved showing up at the office or cracking open the laptop to get to work on every day. So for me, that's why I keep doing it because I'm excited to help other sales professionals and sales-based businesses being someone that's been in sales for a really long time. Give me another layer down on that. What I'm hearing you say is that that you are you're a project guy, that you know, you like big things, you want to stay interested, like moving pieces, you know, all that, but like why are you like that? Is that because of your upbringing? Are you trying to like outdo like how your upbringing are you trying to provide for your kids like what's the deeper underneath there i get it you want to help salespeople, but what's making you tick yeah so what makes me tick is genuinely finding things that make me happy i yeah like i said i started working at a pretty young age i always wanted to have 
enough to do the things that I liked, right? When I was in high school, I wanted to buy cool basketball sneakers, right? When I got into college, I wanted to make sure I had going out money for me and my buddies. But as you continue to grow and evolve as a person, you realize that ultimately money is great up to a point, right? You want to be able to pay your bills, your mortgage, your car note, et cetera. After that, it's okay, what can I do on a day-to-day -day basis that makes me happy? And just having a bunch of money to spend, for me, I realized that that wasn't going to be it, right? It okay. was, can I be successful? Can I have an impact? Can I create and build things that have impact on other people that either create experiences, create positive results, create change in the way we do something within an industry that I like, like sales, that is how I define success. So for me, it really comes back to this idea that fundamentally, I believe money past a certain point is not going to impact my happiness. And my life's mission is to be a little bit better and a little bit happier every day, because over the course of what I hope will be a really long life, right? By the end, I'll be able to look up and say, okay, you not only accomplished what you set out to accomplish, but you had a lot of fun doing it because we only get one shot at this and I want to enjoy every second of it. Yeah, I love that. I can hear the passion coming through and happiness sometimes feels surface because happiness can be so quickly given or removed based on our current circumstances. How have you, through the course of building multiple projects, being successful in different arenas, even like being a dad, you're a dad of two under two. Yeah. Not every moment is quote unquote happy. How have you been able to apply this search or desire for new levels of happiness every day through the difficulty of building projects, building businesses, building your family, stuff like that? Happiness, you're right, is probably the wrong word, although it's the general, right, 5,000 yeah. foot macro level. I think yeah. it, Finding things that are meaningful, that you can, that you like enough, that you enjoy doing enough, that it's worth pushing through the hard parts. As a parent of four, I'm a parent of two. Parenthood is one of the most joyful things I've ever experienced, if not the most joyful. But there are sleepless nights. And when your kids are sick, it's miserable. But you push through to get to that next moment where your daughter looks up at you and wishes you a happy birthday. And that makes it all worth it. And so I think in business, it's really being committed to the mission that you set out. And I've always tried to trust my gut, right? If I get really excited about something, like genuinely enthusiastic about it, I'm not looking to do it. You use the word projects. These are more, they're projects, but they're long-term projects, right? Yeah. Change yeah. does not happen overnight. You don't build something meaningful in a day, if it was that easy, everyone would do it. And so you yeah. got to have that level of commitment, enthusiasm, belief that what you're doing means something not only to yourself, but to other people to get up every day and push through those really hard times, because you and I both know that those happen, especially when you're building a business, you're starting something new, there's going to be challenges, there's going to be days where you're like, Oh, man, what did I get myself into again, if you yep. But having that really unfettered belief that what you're doing is going to have a positive impact over the long term is meaningful and has the opportunity to be successful, not just for you and for your family and for your employees and business partners, 
but to the people who you're selling to. I mentioned, I listened to the conversation you had with David Supple, and I loved his take on sales. Yeah. I'm going to sell you what I got because I believe it's going to help you. And it's my duty to do that. It's almost my fiduciary responsibility to yeah. talk to you about what I'm doing if I believe it can help you and grow your business. Yeah, 100%. You're dropping some great mindset on us. I appreciate the perspective of a tenured, successful business owner. I just so appreciate just the mindset there. Let's go into the story. I want to know sure. a little bit about you. Like, how did entrepreneurialism find you or how did you find it? And then tell me about Win Local. Sure. Like I said, been working from a pretty young age, always wanted to get up, get out, and get after it, if you will. Yeah. When I graduated college, I started working in sales, financial services, selling insurance, investment products, annuities, that type of thing, and realized really early on that I loved sales, but I hated that industry. It was not for me. So I knew I wasn't going to stay in that. And the things that I was really interested in was sales, technology, and real estate. I always had been interested in real estate. I grew up in New York City in the Bronx. I was born in New York and it's a place unlike any other, very unique. It's different than Kansas City? A little, a little <laughs> bit, I think. I've never been to yeah. Kansas City, but I'm, I'll be there for the first time in about a week. That's- I knew that those were the things that I was really interested in and was fortunate to have a really close friend who he and I had also done some business together. He had bought some insurance from me. Nice guy. I was like, all right, I'm going to help you out here. I need life uh-huh. insurance. He had just had his first baby. So that worked out, but he was doing some really cool stuff in the text message marketing space at the time. And his office was not far from where I was working. So I would go pop in there, talk to him and the guys. And we started kicking around different concepts and long story short, one day I'm sitting in my office at Wachovia bank at the time. And we just got off like a two hour conference call. And it was like the movie office space, right? TPS reports about things that were completely not meaningful to the, uh, the course of business. And I looked at the guy in the office next to me and said, hey, I I don't know what I'm going to do in 30 days, but I'm out of here, right? I'm done. And about five minutes later, John, who's still my business partner to this day, calls, says, hey, you remember that real estate concept we were kicking around? I said, yeah, absolutely. He said, I like it. I want to go pitch it. And if, if we get a good response, we should start a business using that concept and just go after it and we'll be partners. Okay, great. When are the meetings? I'll take the day off. And in typical John fashion, he says, now they're this afternoon, meet me (laughs) in Long Island. All right. When opportunity knocks and you get, or at least when I get that feeling like, hey, this could be something big. This could be a moment of true change. Um, Made up an excuse, walked out next day, came in, gave my two weeks notice. No one bought anything that day, but everyone really liked the concept. And you could tell that it could be something. What it ended up being was very different from what we went out and talked to a bunch of real estate brokers about. But you knew just then at defining moment, either you make the decision or you don't. And if you don't make the decision, you're probably going to regret it. And so I'm really thankful that I made the right decision because it dramatically changed the course of my professional life. And I've been in the technology engagement space, as I like to call it, since then. And when I say technology engagement, what I think of is how do we build products and services that help our partners leverage today's most popular technologies, whatever they are, to better engage with their customers and prospects. 
And so that's how when local came to be in 2020, when things stopped there for a while, right? Yep. We sat down, looked at the assets that we owned, where we thought the market was going to go and how people were going to respond once we got through the thick of this. We didn't obviously know how long it was going to last or what right. all the, we're not mind readers, but we knew people had immediately started adopting new technologies like Zoom, right? QR codes made a resurgence. The technology learning curve got expedited so far forward that there was going to be a real opportunity to change the way we engage with one another. And so that's when we sat down and came up with WinLocal and our product share card, which is a contactless digital business card that allows you to exchange your information in three ways, tap, text, and scan. And more importantly, it allows you to never miss an opportunity to engage with a client or prospect, whether you're in person or on a Zoom or a podcast or a virtual meeting, and also increases your follow-up efficiency by being able to cut through the noise of that first follow-up email, right? And go sure. direct between you and your prospect. I love it. And so just to, for the listener's sake here, we're going to give you guys a code here at the end if you guys are interested in this product. But in essence, these guys over here at WinLocal sent me a share card. And this is not a, I'm not getting paid for this advertisement. Like they just sent it to me. It's a awesome little deal here. Even digitally, like you're talking about being text or QR code. And then one of the thing that you told me before we started the show is that there's a connectivity here of not only just capturing information, giving your information, capturing others, very similar to handing out business cards and you network and you come back to the office and you got this stack of business cards. But as a salesperson or as a business owner for me now, knowing that I either have salespeople or I'm meeting connections like you here today, where I do want to follow up with you, whether I want to specifically follow up with you about a product or whether I want to just keep a relationship open with you, however, whatever the interaction is, can use your platform, like based on how we connect, I can use your platform to then engage certain content to you when you basically open up my information on your phone. Is that what I'm understanding correctly? Yeah, absolutely. If we take it to the basic premise, right? The traditional paper business card, super analog, right? It hasn't changed in probably a couple centuries, right? Since it was right. invented at the onset of the printing press. But we as people have evolved dramatically. We connect digitally. Our cell phones, right? These supercomputers that we yeah. carry in our pocket are our primary means of of connectivity. And the majority of how we connect now is digital, text yeah. message, Zoom, FaceTime, social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera. We could be here for a half hour naming all of the ways we connect digitally. And so yeah. we felt by capitalizing on the muscle memory of salespeople and professionals who have been conditioned since they've been in business to hand out a business card with a new way to do it, to connect right. digitally, to still when someone asks for my business card, I still give it to them. I just give them the digital version and it completely right. expedites that follow-up process. And the other thing it does is during that first conversation, it allows for a significantly more engaging experience than a traditional paper business card could. You get a small paper business card with some information printed. Right. To your point, my digital business card can have whatever I want links to videos, podcasts I've been on, my LinkedIn page, my Facebook page, a product catalog, whatever I would normally send in that first follow-up email is now readily available the first time you and I meet on my digital card. And so that 
the momentum of that conversation because as sales professionals, yeah, I'm sure this forward. has happened to you. It's happened to me. You meet someone at an event, you're talking to them. You're like, oh man, this is my ideal prospect. This is the person that I would love to do business with. And it's a great conversation. And for whatever reason, you don't follow up quick enough. They're out of the office. They're traveling. You send that follow-up email and crickets, right? And that as a salesperson, that one hurts because hurts. this is the one you wanted, right? It was a perfect right. fit. And right. using a tool like ShareCard can remove that barrier because now they get the information that you would have normally sent in that follow-up while you're face-to-face right, right. the first time you guys meet. Yeah, I love this. I, w- I wish I, 10 years ago, I'm 25 years old. I'm starting a couple of franchises and I'm networking. I'm learning this business thing. And people start handing me these little three by one papers that has their name and photo. And I'm like, what is this? Why do I need this? Can I just put you in my phone? I'm just going to text you. Exactly. Call, call me whatever. I'm like, I don't want your paper. I just don't give it to me. It's unnecessary. Let me text you. Yeah. I, I see an admin task, right? You hand me a paper business card. I see an admin task. I got to enter this information in somewhere and do a manual sort of follow-up where instead I give you my share card, my digital business card, and you can just plug your information right in at, because it's going to ask you to connect with me and share it back. And now it drops right in, right into my workflow. Yep, exactly. I love it. Okay. Let's talk about as you've been building <clears throat> Win Local, the share card as the product. As you've been building this, give me a good decision that you've made from a business wise. Now, we're going to kind of try to help the listener here for a minute. Something practical that you've done that's really given you momentum in growth that they can also to put into their business. So, I, I think the best decision that we've made since we've launched Win Local is the decision to focus on highest and best use. I'll tell you what I mean by that. It's a gift and a curse. You've been in the technology engagement space. You've built other products and services the way John and I have. When we sat down to build WinLocal, we were blessed with having a lot of resources and technology tools that we could incorporate into the product. Sure. Ultimately, and where we are today, is that the product should be based around the highest and best use of the tools for your target market. So instead of trying to do a lot of things, okay, do one excellently, right? ShareCard is the leading digital business card solution for sales professionals and sales organizations. Shifting the entire platform to be built around that premise was the best decision that we made. And it took us a little while to get there because sometimes you're so close to it that you don't realize that, yeah, everything you're doing is cool or has benefit, but this is the thing that can have the biggest impact and can drive not only activity, but results and can really have an impact on an organization. Yeah. I love that. How did you come to that conclusion? Like, of being able to niche down basically was that like because we tried several things and it wasn't working as well or is that based on previous experience we just said okay we're just going to pick the one thing from the beginning how did you know that yeah i would love to tell you that we just knew it innately unfortunately we didn't and so what we did was we generated a lot of customer feedback we went out we got the product into people's hands we got 
essentially, luckily myself, my partner, our other folks here at Win Local, we're, we're pretty good at selling and we have some great industry contacts and Rolodexes that we can pick up the phone and who will hear us out because we have yeah. a proven track record in the space. And okay. so we were able to, you know, identify that we had some great tools within our platform and they are great, but we have one that people really want and need right now in that share card. And yeah. so it was really the feedback from our customers that led us to that conclusion where, you know, I mentioned earlier, you got to trust your gut sometimes, but when everyone's saying something and getting excited about this thing over here and yeah. everything else is just going along, you realize, and you have to listen, right? That th this is where you need to focus your time and energy. And that became pretty clear to us after getting enough people onto the platform using the various features and functionality that we had built in early on and realizing that the thing people gravitated towards the most and really wanted to learn more about and were giving us product feedback about and were saying, hey, I wish it could do this. I could use it even more if it did. All of that commentary was coming on the share card front and we had to listen. Yeah, I love that. It's such a simple concept of getting customer feedback and then implementing. But I just want to reiterate that just for a half second. You've made a great point, but the listener, I guarantee you, whether they've gone out and done surveys or not, they're hearing things like, oh, wow, you this thing, this deck or this this coaching or, or this, this way of transportation, whatever your business is, I really like that. And you're getting that type of feedback. And so oftentimes we hear it, but then we just we just do 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 just right over it. And we keep going with where we saw it going. And I know I'm notorious for this because I'm just like laser focused on what I think is important because we have to be, but man, that feedback, especially when it's like a bunch, like a big crowd noise about this one individual thing. That's what I'm hearing you say, pay attention, not necessarily to the opinions and the voices, but when you have a lot of excitement or energy around this one, you got to pay attention. Is that, would you like to add anything to that? No, 100%. That is it, right? When the market will tell you, right, what is working. And so when you go to market with multiple things that you believe could be beneficial to an audience, right? For us, it's sales-based businesses and sales professionals. We focused in on that market. We knew that's who we wanted to work with. And they come back and all of the enthusiasm product feedback is on this one thing, share card, and not all of it, but the majority, yeah. then you should listen to what the market is telling you because yeah. the market will win. Yeah, 100%. Okay, tell us, let's flip the coin. Tell us about a bad decision that you've made that uh, obviously you've learned from, I'm sure, but what was the decision? Yeah, it's, it's actually very similar to the good decision. I mentioned I've been had the good fortune to be in this technology engagement space for a decent amount of time. And I've also been involved in other businesses as well. and. There's a similarity in terms of the bad decision, and it's taking your foot off the gas and diversifying too quickly, right? Sure. So with WinLocal, we were lucky to come out of the gate strong with a couple different things we thought could be impactful and really hone in on ShareCard and then dive down. In the past, right, we've come out with something that was really impactful and we're successful with it. And instead of doubling down, tripling down, continuing to push harder on more integrations and partnerships and expanding to other industries, we diversified too quickly. We took our yeah. foot off the gas 
and that and came up with something that we thought was really cool but the market said was meh and they wore and that something that it was a really hard lesson to learn at the time because once you make that commitment you take that pivot you go in that direction you're never going to get back the, that 18 months it's the one resource we all have that's equal right 24 hours in a day we're never getting those 18 months back and so competitors come in products evolve, people surpass you where you you were an industry leader. Now you have a mediocre product that hasn't been really innovated on and pushed forward in a while because you were pivoting and you did it for the right reasons, but it was the wrong decision. Yeah. There there's, there's power in diversity, especially one thing goes down or doesn't work, then you have something else to be able to hold on to. But I loved the distinguishment that you made there, which is we did it too early. And so I think that there's something to be said here around whether it's one product or one service, or maybe it's one or two, like generally the same, like you stay in the same lane for a period of time. For you, is that period of time by associated by length of days or years, or is it by revenue? How do you know when you've done something long enough, good enough, enough, successful enough? So now that you can start adding on maybe other verticals or other offers, that, that type of growth mindset? Having done it the wrong way in the past, I think the right way to do it is, and this is just my opinion, but I think the right way to do it is when you have the personnel such that you can replace yourself, right? So as an independent business that's self-funded, grown organically through sales and outreach and marketing, obviously any business owner like yourself, you have a lot of pride of ownership, right? It's your bait. And I think that as you are able to build and scale up a business, when you get to that point of making the decision of, hey, can I now diversify? Can I take us into a new industry or launch a new product or a complementary tool set? I think it's all right. Do you have the resources around you to be able to replace yourself to the point where the business is no longer reliant on you or the skill set that you bring? And I think that's the way to do it. And that could be at a revenue number. It could be at a a personnel number. I don't think it's really time specific. I think it's all dependent on where the business is. And can you adequately replace yourself such that the growth trajectory of what you've built can continue on without you? And if you can, then great. If you can't, then you probably want to rethink the strategy, right? Either hire someone new to do the new thing and you stay the course or look at it another way. Yeah. I think based on my experience, I would agree with you. And some people know this in my audience, some don't, but a lot of people look at a serial entrepreneur like me, especially in multiple industries. And they, they feel like it almost gives them permission to go be crazy and go three different directions all at once. And it's like, that's actually not what happened. What I actually did was for the first seven years is I built edible arrangements. Only. Now I had multiple locations, multiple cities, but generally speaking, it was one business. I had three major holidays throughout the year that I had to create systems around and then how to do that in multiple locations. But, and then once I had that in place or I could step out or I had certain key roles in the business, then I picked up real estate and we've done several things there. And then you pick up gathering the Kings as a mastermind group. So it's, I can see where people look in on guys like you and I, it's like, oh man, you got so many projects. Wow. But it's not like it happened all at once. Mm-mm. To your point, I think that maybe measurement is when you particularly as the founder, CEO, visionary, whatever you want to call it, can operate the business without operating in the business. 
Right. When you can work on the business instead of working in the business. Yeah. I've got a challenge question here for you. I'll ask you later, but it's associated to this exact mindset. I don't put it in the questions ahead of time. So this is this fits right I in. Like It'll be it. perfect. It'll be perfect. Let's transition to the speed round. You've given us so much stuff. I want to make sure we can squeeze these in. Take win local for me as a business. I want you to dwindle it all the way down into one trackable metric that if you could only pick one metric to track forever and ever, obviously you're a sales guy. What would that one metric be? Active users. Active users. And tell me why. Because if people aren't using it, and that user count isn't growing, we're not doing our job. Yeah. And you have no business. <laughs> exactly. You have no sales. You have no money. You have no net profit. No, no, no. Yeah. At, I saw something the other day that I that kind of stuck out at me. It was innovation is changing how we do something forever. And if I had my way, no one would use a paper business card anymore. We'd all right. use, whether it's ShareCard or someone else's, some form of digital introductory material. Yeah, I love that. Love that. I love how you how you had to change the language there away from business card because that's really what you're doing. You're actually you're disrupting an entire industry, and so even changing the language around business card has to be changed, which I love that you're doing. All right, what book would you recommend, Seth, specifically for a six figure business owner that haven't hit that one million dollar mark yet? What book would you recommend? So I absolutely love and try to read once a year, The Greatest Salesman Who Ever Lived by Mendino. I think it's a phenomenal book. And the part two was, is great also. I love that book. That I, It's been probably 10 years since I've read that book, but you're right. It's 65 pages. Yeah, very short. Sure. Read it in an afternoon. You can read it on the plane coming to Kansas yeah. City next, next week. I do that. Yeah, I, but what a great recommendation. Tell me, like, what is someone looking forward to in that book? If they pick it up right now, we'll put it in the show notes. What are they going to get from that book? They're going to get, I can't recall if it's 10 or 12 things that he lays out on his scrolls, but essentially very short lessons on how you can become, I think of it as a way to become just a better version of yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. How to create habits, how to put those habits into practice, and they break it down into such easily digestible little nuggets, which with each piece of the scroll that I think it's just a great reminder on the things that we can do very easily every day, right? To continue to get better at our craft, whatever that craft might be, whether it's sales or something else. Yeah, no, it's so good. The mindset of reaching for something better. It's not just sales related. Of course, obviously in the title, he talks about that, but it's it reaches into every aspect of our life. So I think that's where the game change for at least entrepreneurs listening to this show or guys like you that are on the show. It's like, I don't want to just be a good business owner. I don't want to be just a good salesperson. I want to be a good dad. I want to be found faithful in all the areas, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We're only as good as our habits, right? I think right. one of the things that I loved about that book was how to create really good habits and some habits that you should look to incorporate if you want to be great. Yeah. Love that. What do you think about networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? Obviously you, your tool is a closely associated to networking. Is there a difference between these actions? And what are your thoughts on the two? I think there's definitely a difference, right? When you, when I hear the word networking, I think of a more social setting, a lot more people, not necessarily a specific barrier to entry, right? There are networking events that happen all the time, whether it's through the Chamber of Commerce or the local business development corporation, et cetera. We can all go to networking events and there's networking around bigger events, right? You go to a trade show, there's little networking things. So when I hear networking, I like it, 
I want to go meet other like-minded business professionals. When I hear mastermind, I personally think something completely different. I think of a much smaller, more intimate group of people that are gathering specifically to help problem solve with one another. They all have something in common, whether it be industry, company size, geographic location, et cetera. And they have decided that it would be better and more beneficial to share their collective learnings and strategies to help one another grow, as opposed to keeping them separate, distinct, siloed, because it'll be yeah. for the greater good of the group. And whether they directly or non-directly, they've decided that there's more to gain together than there is separately. So I look at them as two completely separate and distinct things. Yeah. And I loved how you broke down the benefits of both. In fact, what you just sh shared about the mastermind, we're probably going to have to cut that up and use it as an advertisement. So for gathering the case. You did such a great job articulating that. I just really appreciate that. But in all seriousness, you're right. There are two different activities. The share card can be used in both settings. That they can. You can network while you mastermind. 100%. But you can't always mastermind while you network. That's right. Very good. Very good. Okay. So here's my surprise question for you. All back right. going back to being able to remove yourself so that you can diversify if you could. So the question is, if you only had one hour each week to successfully run when local like you do now, what would you do in that one hour to successfully run the business? I'm going to answer that question based on today. Okay. Um, and today I would focus that hour on reaching as many potential new users as possible and evangelizing share card because right. that's the highest and best use of my time. Right. And so what about five or 10 years from now where you have hundreds of thousands of users or millions of business owners across the country using ShareCard? What at that point? Only time will tell. However, at that point, it could very well be the same thing. I do love selling. Can, I like believe so, so strongly about. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know my official title is chief growth officer. I actually yeah. was thinking over the weekend that I might change it to just co-founder and salesman to just yeah. keep it like truly authentic and get sure. away from the fancy title. But like I said, only time will tell. It could still very well be selling and evangelizing just might be through yeah. a different platform and yeah. not knowing where we'll go and how the product will continue to evolve. It could also be galvanizing a team of people to go out right. there and sell the product and bring mm -hmm. on new partners, et cetera. I think the most exciting thing is that I'm not committed to the five year, but I'm very committed to the today. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can feel the years of sales mindset coming through the microphone. It's hard um, to step away. It is, especially when you obviously that's like the, if the pipeline stops, everything stops. The, the carousel stops, the, the dance, the music stops, everything. Okay. Last question for you, Seth. If you lost it all, what would you do? If I lost it all, I think I would fall back on to the things that I believe can make anyone successful. And that's work ethic, determination, and good habits, right? And so I would get back up. I would figure out where I wanted to spend my time, energy, and efforts. That was something that I was passionate about. And I would get back to it. It would probably be in a sales-related capacity, but yeah, we'll just get back to it. I think the beauty of having reached any level of success and probably part of the reason that you, me, the other folks that you have on the show 
are continuing to push forward, even though we've reached some sort of level of success, is that with each level, if you had to, you could get back there, right? Once you've done it, once you've proven to yourself that you can start a company, grow a company, build a seven-figure company, right? Hire people, et cetera. Then you've proved to yourself that you can do it and that it's not an insurmountable challenge. And so once you know you can do something, it's just figuring out how far can you push it, right? How can I continue to push forward so I can prove to myself that if I had to do it again, I could do it. Yeah, love that. All right, Seth, how can they find you? How can they find Win Local? How can they get on with the share card? Give us the detail. Absolutely. I wouldn't do it justice if I didn't tell you that if anyone wants to connect with me, the best way to do that is simply to text Seth, my name, S-E-T-H, to the number 88500. That's going to do a couple things. One, it's going to give you access to all of the socials, right? My LinkedIn, my Instagram, my Twitter, et cetera. It's also- They can, they can test your product right now by and they can Exactly. So what's the number? 88500? 88500. You can so just listener, text the I want word you to Seth. stop right now. Open up your phone, text 88500 and type the word Seth, S-E-T-H. I want you to test this. Text, text it, it right out. now right now and you will instantly get my share card back on your phone via text message Um, you can get access to all of my information again my linkedin twitters etc in is definitely my preferred social platform that's the one i'm most active on so feel free to connect with me shoot me a message tell me how you like this conversation with Chaz today that would be awesome and winlocal.com for share card check it out we set up a promo code for all of your listeners. If they do want to sign up and get their own share card, we'd love to have them on board. GTK20 is the promo code they can use to get 20% off their subscription. Once again, that's GTK20. Go to winlocal.com, hit the sign up button, plug in that promo code, you get 20% off for listening to the show. Love it. All right, guys. Uh, I already told you I'm not getting sponsored today by ShareCard, but I'm holding it in my hand. In all seriousness, it's smooth. I want to be able to use this tool. For me personally, I already told Seth this, but being able to meet somebody and have their information connect to my systems automatically is, thank goodness, someone like Seth exists to create this tool for me. But in all seriousness, text Seth to 88500. Test this out. See if you like it. If it helps you in your business, get on with Seth and he can get you taken care of. But we just so appreciate you coming and willing to share. Obviously, give your time. You're giving away 20% off and we just appreciate you coming. Absolutely a pleasure to be here with you today. Really enjoyed chatting with you and hopefully I'll see you in Kansas City in the near future. Nothing but things for you and your kiddos and your family. And maybe here in Kansas City in a few days, we'll be able to shake hands. Sounds like a plan. I love it. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.